0: Welcome, you're listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio, a podcast for anyone who is thinking about starting or is already a few years deep into their own wedding venue business. Whether your property is on the beach or in the middle of the country or smack dab in the heart of downtown, this show is designed for you. I'm your host, Ami kourk I'm the author of How to Turn Your Rural Property into a Wedding Venue Business, and I have a new business book called The Fearless Woman's Guide to Starting a Business. I'm a business coach, consultant, former wedding venue owner, and I'm here to help you. So if your dream is to be your own boss by hosting one of the best days a family has in their lives on your property, then you're in the right place. Hey there, welcome back to another episode of Wedding Venue Radio. Glad to have you. You know, on this particular... um, segment, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the research that's been coming out. Uh, A lot of people are wondering, like, what is the state and the future of weddings, especially after 2020? And one of the things that I do is I do a lot of market research so that I can keep up to speed on, you know, what's happening out there. If you've read the books and you've followed me, um, I talk a lot about how important research is to uh, our businesses because it allows us to be able to use information and be able to make some predictions. You know, we don't all have crystal balls, but we can at least do our best. And it allows us to make informed decisions about the direction that we're going to take our business, which way we're going to go. And um, and also, if it's not looking good, how we can learn ahead um, what kinds of things that we may have to do to adapt. And so, Uh, Obviously, when you're looking at what's happening with weddings after a pandemic, um, you want to know like, hey, is this going to get better or is it going to continue to get worse? And so um, I just got my hands on some of the data here in this last week and saw something pretty exciting and pretty encouraging if any of you have been involved in the wedding industry for some time, some of you I know are probably already in the industry, like a wedding planner, or I've actually worked with and coached florists that are considering starting their own venue, um, or maybe you're, you know, actually engaged or newly married, or you've been, you know, retired for quite some time and looking for some extra revenue. But if you've been kind of poking around the wedding industry, obviously. Um, you know that in 2020 due to the pandemic, there was about a 50% decline in total revenue uh, spent. Now, the number of weddings went down. and in, in the United States, there's just shy of about 2 million weddings a year. And so, in 2020, the weddings went down to somewhere in the neighborhood of like 1.3 million. So, pretty significant drop. And that equated to a 50% roughly reduction in all wedding expenditures, making a normally, you know, $50 to $60 billion a year market somewhere around $30 million. So, pretty, pretty bad. Now, in 2021, where we're at we've actually seen a rise in that which is really good but the big bump is coming and it's actually predicted to be in 2022 that they're looking at projecting to have double the amount of volume that we did in 2020 now that is the highest number in terms of dollars that have ever been spent and that's pretty exciting Um, And then what's going to happen is that shortly after that, it's going to drop down a little bit, but it's actually going to stay higher than what the wedding expenditures were before the pandemic. So what we're looking at is we're looking at a pretty strong recovery for the wedding industry with a huge increase here in 2022, which if you already are in the venue business, you probably already see this um, with, you know, maybe an uptick in bookings. I know some of the venues that I've talked to are pretty optimistic and pretty excited. Um, but even if it drops down a little bit, and that'll depend on your area, you shouldn't expect it to be significant. In fact, it looks like it's not going to come close to you know what we were spending and, and what people were spending beforehand. So that's good, right? So. When you're looking at, hey, there's nothing but you know upward mobility here. How am I going to grow my business? And that's what the point of this episode is, is to talk about that the couples are coming and are you getting yourself ready for growth and opportunity? And because it sounds like it's good news, however, one of the most common trouble spots that any entrepreneur faces is that when they want to grow their business, they want to take an advantage of some increase in demand, Then they end up sometimes overspending only to end up either firing all the new people they brought in or going out of business completely, or they end up realizing that they don't like managing a larger business and they end up quitting altogether or dialing back and never recouping the investments that they made. And so I've coached a lot of venues, or and also uh, solopreneurs, you know, that are in other businesses that are looking to uh, expand, uh, pick up the demand. They, you know, they're used to being the only employee, and so they're doing everything. And they've gotten so popular that they feel like that they need to hire another employee, maybe one or two people, so that they can do more work. Now, the problem, however, is that as the owner-operator of our businesses, we are highly motivated people. And so imagine the rude wake-up call when we get, when we hire somebody, and I went through all of this, who quite frankly does not seem to give as much of a crap about our business as we do. So we want new employees to think like us, we want them to care about everything like us, and we want them to even do the work at least as good as us, but if not, even better. And that we hope that with a clone, we can double our work because now there's two of us, right? Seems like simple math. Reality is, unfortunately, when you start hiring people and you've hired like maybe one other person, you may have increased your output by probably only 50%. You have a person, yes, who can pick up some of your work, but instead of you doing more of your original job, you're going to have to give up some of the hours that you were doing on the work effort to manage this other person. And you might end up possibly having to finish up somewhere around, I don't know, the last 30% of their work because they're not as motivated or as skilled as you are. So when you are now pricing your services, you've doubled your overhead, Probably not quite double, because hopefully you're paying yourself more than your new person. But anyways, you get the point. But you didn't get double the output. And with the double the overhead, your marketing work actually has to pick up too, because now you've got to definitely sell more in order to be able to recover that amount. So sure, the customers are out there, but you actually have to grab them and convert them into bona fide sales. And once you grow, you have to sustain that new level or you'll start to lose money because your overhead is based on a minimum revenue stream. So in other words, if you've read my books, your break-even point changes and you have to adjust accordingly. So how do you prepare yourself for an increase in your venue business growth so that you don't end up like, I don't know, an overinflated balloon that explodes? Well, step one is do your math. And I can't stress this enough. In fact, I feel like I talk about financials in about every other episode of the show. If you want to grow, before you go spend money, plot it out on paper first so that you can see ahead of time what's going to happen. You're basically running through the scenarios and you're making some predictions and pressure testing the idea with numbers first in a, a spreadsheet where it's safe. So let's say, for example, that you've been holding steady at about 12 to 15 weddings per summer, but you'd like to double that up to 30 because you believe that your area is getting really hot for weddings. And you think if you up your marketing game a little, you can probably do it. Now, first, put 30 weddings on your calendar to just see how they're going to land and go through the operational changes that would happen with that many weddings. For example, here are several questions that you need to ask yourself. First, how much extra garbage would that create? And am I going to need extra pickups in the summer? then you go figure out what that's going to cost. How many back-to-back weddings is that? Do we need to have people to help clean and prep from a Saturday to flip to a Sunday wedding? Will the landscaping costs increase? Will we have areas that are worn out with traffic? Do I actually see areas that get worn out now? And so if I doubled up how much foot traffic I have, what would happen to them then? And am I going to have to pay money to repair that or keep it maintained? Also ask yourself, do I want to work this many weekends? If not, who can I hire to chaperone and how much is that going to charge, uh, cost me? What happens if I do take time off? Who's going to cover for emergencies? Do I have an idea of how to plan that? Okay, what will happen to our septic tank if we do that many weddings? Will I need to have it pumped at the very beginning just to make of the season, just to make sure we don't have any mid-season issues? I highly recommend that by the way. What will our water bills increase? Or if you're actually on a well, what's the wear and tear gonna be like on the well equipment? How will I structure rehearsals if I have multiple weddings and back-to-back weekends? How am I gonna do summer tours if I don't have any free weekends for a couple of months? How much time do I spend now taking care of my current couples? If I double and have twice as many, how will I do that and still do the other work I need to? Can I streamline anything that saves me time but won't cut down on the quality of my services my venue provides? Once you've kind of gone through that list and you've worked it out and you've actually come up with the numbers it'll it'll take to solve those problems, you get to actually see now what your operating expenses and how they have changed. Now, remember, and I say this in my financials, know the difference between an overhead cost that's fixed and your variable expenses or your cost of sales, that is the costs that are attached only to the events themselves. Now, then you're going to have to ask yourself, though, because you're not done with this exercise. Does 30 weddings a year work with my overall lifestyle goals I have? And is it important for me to reach financial milestones that I have for the venue? Like, do I actually need to go after all the sales that I can get? Or will the benefits outweigh the costs? This last part is about making sure, again, you have a clear picture of your venue financials and what your sales targets are that meet your minimum requirements, And I say this because sometimes we get really excited about more bookings and not realize that to get more bookings, our overhead can increase. And if we aren't uh, keeping up on how and where we're spending money, guess who has to make the financial sacrifices? Yes, you. You're the venue owner or business owner. If you need to pay your employees but don't have the money like you hope, yeah, it's going to come out of your paycheck. So when you run through scenarios, get real and look. Do you personally end up earning less even though your bookings have increased? If the answer is yes, then ask yourself, is that a sacrifice I actually need to make? Without running through the numbers first before making a decision to grow, business owners, venue owners, and any other kind of business get trapped fast and find that they can no longer afford the growth. And the really unlucky ones end up bankrupting themselves financially, physically, emotionally, and very often all of the above. So yes, get excited that the wedding industry is growing and venues are in an upward trend for sure. But please be a savvy business owner about it, okay? Do your pre-planning first, write it out all on paper or in a spreadsheet, look at the projections, come up with your sales targets and make sure that you have a handle on your finances because you don't want to get yourself going only to have it actually end up wearing you down. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Wedding Venue Business Radio. All of the information talked about in this episode can be found at WeddingVenueBiz.com. There you'll also find links to the book, online courses, and a way to contact me if you have any suggestions for the show or are interested in business coaching. Until next time, have a great day.